Good morning, everybody. You're listening to X-Ray. Thanks for doing that. I am Jeff. We are joined right now by a campaign worker and a high school student. On behalf of Let's Get Moving campaign, Violeta Mata is a high school student working on that campaign. Aaron Brown also working on that campaign. Good morning to both of you. Violeta, first, good morning to you. Good morning. I, I learned that you are a student now. Where are you going to school? And are you actually going to school or are you going to a computer? Uh, well, I actually graduated from Franklin. Um, I don't even remember the month because it got out weird. But, yeah, I'm currently um, doing remote learning at PCC. Congratulations on your graduation. What was your graduation like? Did you do one of those drive-by things where, you know, people, like, wave and, like, I don't know, throw cookies? Or or did you just, like, stand on Zoom and No, I, even before the pandemic, I didn't really want to go to a graduation, so kind of worked out for me very good how, how, how why'd you decide to engage in this campaign um well it started when i first got involved with the asia through um school they had a volunteer fair and that's where i um met some of the campaign leads at that time and i joined later in the year so uh one of the first things i did with them was like participate in the People's Climate March and I think at that time when I had joined they had just got additional funding to be split between David Douglas, Park Rose and PPS and I don't know I was like impressed like it was they were actually doing stuff and so I got involved uh, I did their summer program Serve the People and right after that I um, joined as a campaign lead um and also i got to like i never at least for me i kind of took youth pass for granted and in the position i was at the time uh i was grateful for it but um i saw that there were other kids from other schools who didn't have youth pass and i was like oh this is you know something to actually fight for and well, thanks for being with us. Thanks for joining us. Let's bring on Aaron Brown. Aaron Brown, you're, we know each other. Of course, you've been on the show many times. Thanks for joining, and you're working on this campaign. Why would you hook up with it, and how are you doing this morning? Uh, thanks, Jefferson. Happy to be here. Um, the long story short is that over the last 18 months, a lot of community organizations have been shooting spitballs at Metro and saying, you know what, if you're going to go ask voters for this large transportation package, there needs to be as much good stuff in it as possible. We need to be investing in a massive down payment in a transportation system that meets the 21st century needs of Portland. Um, and Violetta kind of speaking about her experience of talking about, wow, it sure would be nice for my family and for my friends if, you know, young people were able to get a free youth transit pass. Um, that was one of the many concessions that Metro ultimately gave to the coalition involving communities of color, environmental groups, um, transportation advocates, business groups, uh, people came together and said, Metro, if you're really going to ask for this big package, we want to see a lot of amazing things in it. And I will be honest, Jefferson, I was really skeptical of this package uh, even a year ago. Um, but I watched the uh, community advocates that successfully lobbied for multiple uh, crucial investments uh, to be part of this package. Uh, and, you know, I'm very excited about Youth Pass, as obviously Gilman is as well. Um, and that being part of this package is 
There's a little, there's a little distortion, Aaron, on your on your phone. I, your P's are popping a little bit. We're getting a little distortion. I don't know if it's good that you're how Jason. All right, I'll, the I'll mic. try and reposition it. I'm sorry. It, I, God bless y'all for keeping the radio going during the pandemic. Yeah. The uh, so talk to us about the good stuff. Uh, Violetta talked about the Youth Pass. I know that it funds Youth Pass. I know that it funds, or my understanding is that the initiative would fund free transit passes. For students, which can be a big deal for people, uh, for for students who need to get to jobs, for for students who need to get to school, uh, it can be a really useful thing. Uh, what else? Feel free to say more about that if you want. But when you say, "Oh, I need to have as much good stuff as possible," what's the stuff you're most excited about? Um, so, massive safety and retrofits and congestion relief investments on Washington County's TV Highway on 82nd Avenue in Multnomah County, uh, McLaughlin down in Clackamas County multiple other quarters in farther east county including 122nd and 162nd um a historic investment in safe routes to school investments all over the region uh the youth path as we previously discussed uh the light rail uh, extension from downtown portland through the west hills all the way down to tigard um there are 17 corridors around the region um and and this package is essentially just an investment in um building the infrastructure we need for cleaner air, for lower carbon emissions. Um, and, you know, during a COVID recovery, there's 37,000 jobs that we were able to provide economic stimulus for here. What is there not? I've heard a couple of sets of criticisms. One one might say from the right, one one might say from the left. From the right, it's the taxes are too darn high that what is it 0.7 percent payroll tax so that's going to impact businesses it goes to businesses i understand it uh, of 26 people or more or 26 workers or more 20 more than 25 workers what's your response to the criticism that it's going to impact those businesses too much well um i'll just first say that 91 percent of businesses in the region won't be paying this payroll tax like working families around the region not going to be paying this. Businesses with fewer than 25 employees, not going to be paying a dime. Um, this is about the top 9% of corporations in the region. Um, these are the folks that love to put out really nice PR statements about how black lives matter, but then they can't be bothered to pay for the actual taxes to ensure that black and brown Oregonians can cross the street without fear of making it to the other side. Nike and Intel have ambitious statements about their commitment to climate, but they can't find the money to invest in electric buses when 40% of the region's carbon emissions come from transportation and our community literally was on fire this month. So I, there's always this delay, delay, delay. At the end of the day, p- these big wealthy corporations that somehow are continuing to make massive amounts of money despite the recession from COVID, um, they don't have the wherewithal to actually put their money where their mouth is and invest in their community. So. Um, I just do not believe those arguments are in good faith. I think that there's a lot of wealthy corporations that are just trying to find another excuse to not pay for the infrastructure that keeps our region going. Why a payroll tax rather than a carbon tax? One of the critiques that I see is that the tax mechanism could actually be something that addresses climate change, and instead all we're doing it all we're doing is putting on people's putting on people's paychecks or actually extracting it from the businesses. Why not a carbon tax? Um, Jefferson, it's it's really uh, there's no precedent anywhere in the nation for establishing that sort of a carbon tax, right? Like um, this is a I, I think that the assumption that we can sort of like find the most specific Kaguvian set of 
of uh, taxing mechanisms to pay for this um, ignores the reality that, like, there were numerous business advocates that sat in the 18 months of task force meetings over over the at bringing this package together, and they switched at the last minute that they suddenly opposed this. So, um, I, I also think that. Like, well, set the businesses aside. Uh, set the businesses aside, right? They're they're looking out for themselves. They're not looking out for the people. So let's talk as people who are wanting to look out for the people. And if it's not going to be, and say, so, oh, people haven't done it before. We've done gas taxes before. But you're right. This would require to do it differently than this. This is a measure that's, you know, a bigger scale measure of other kinds of transportation packages that have happened. The argument would be that, if there's ever going to be a metro area that is going to do something inspiring on transportation, if there's ever going to be somebody who does, to use your term or use the Pacuvian term, to impose significant Pacuvian taxes and actually start bending our arc of impact on climate change, what other metro area in the country is going to do it if it's not Portland's metro area? Um, I, I think at the end of the day, like, we need to, you know... I, I appreciate that there's some good faith concerns about the carbon impacts on this. And I will also just say that every major environmental, major and minor uh, centrist, moderate and radical environmental organization in the region has come out in full fledged support. I mean, uh, of this package because they are fundamentally in agreement that building this infrastructure is the backbone to a low carbon transportation future. Um, I am very personally supportive of a carbon uh, system that you're implementing at a statewide level. Um, you know, this conversation today is not about congestion pricing or about any of these other sort of mechanisms. This is not the silver bullet of addressing our carbon emissions from transportation, but we have to have this backbone of an infrastructure that we will be able to run buses frequently and reliably, that we can be investing in the next generation of transit riders like Violetta, and that, you know, the $9 million for the transit electrification is enormous for our carbon emissions, right? Um, so I guess I guess what I would say is that I appreciate that it's always easier to armchair quarterback about different taxing mechanisms, but at the end of the day, this is the largest bond in state history, and we've got a lot of transportation infrastructure that is woefully out of date because we have not invested in our communities of color. I believe it's 60% of these corridors run through communities that are predominantly POC, right? Like TV Highway, 40% of all traffic fatalities in the entire bit of Washington County happens on the Tualatin Valley Highway, right? And that's because ODOT never got around to fixing the dang free, the highway up, right? And so this is our chance to turn that from being a large arterial into like an asset that we can build communities around in Washington County. And as Oregonians, you know, um, if we're asking ourselves what we want to see in the future, like these are the kind of investments that allow us to live those low, car- low carbon futures that we can have safer ways to get to school and allow young people to get access to jobs and education. $659 million in a dozen road building and road widening projects. Uh, is that number accurate? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. What was the number? Uh, $659 million on road building no. and road widening. What's the real number? Uh, I don't have the exact real number, but that is a bad faith critique that is assuming that fixing up McLaughlin is a road expansion project. And it, and, and a lot of other projects got looped into there to that number. That is incorrect. These corridors are getting massive overhauls for biking, transit, and walking. And uh, I'm assuming these numbers are coming from Joe Courtright. And I love the guy to death. He's been an instrumental in our fight against the Rose Quarter Freeway expansion. But Jefferson, those numbers are flat out wrong. And I've told him that as well. Like, this is a bad faith critique of the project. 
money uh, money for this how does how does passing this impact the uh, the Broadway uh, Broadway quarter how does it, this impact the I5 expansion how does money for this impact and, and you may just say not at all uh, but how, how how does this impact the Columbia River crossing by whatever name um it, it's tough to say I mean uh, directly the answer is not at all indirectly I think that there's um, and you know the, the Broadway corridor, I, I don't really have any specific information on. Um, it, it's a cool, it's, it's awesome what the city's doing, but I don't think that there's a ton of transportation explicit funding on that. Um, the Rose Quarter Freeway expansion, you know, there's $50 million in this package that's going. I, I, I'm really excited that the money is going to Albina Vision to help do some of the streetwide planning um, around the neighborhood as opposed to like widening the freeway, right? Like, this is the sort of stuff Jefferson I was talking about. Over the last year and a half, we've whittled down a lot of the. Um, at like Metro was originally talking like three years ago, Trinet was gearing up to ask the voters to pay for three highway expansions and and the light rail, right? And since Metro took it over, we went in an entirely different direction of actually fixing up these broken arterials. So, um, coming back to your question, obviously, if this fails, like there's going to be just sort of a general hesitancy as it comes to like infrastructure. But I, I think that the reality is is like this is our chance to invest in the bike lanes in the buses, in the sidewalks, in the, in the infrastructure that we want. Um, and, and, and regardless, you know, there's going to be, especially the CRC is going to have a ton of federal funding, right? Like, um, I, I think some of these fights are happening in different courts. And while the success or failure of this will sort of change sort of the political calculus, there's a freeway industrial complex that's eager to gobble up all of that money, regardless of whether or not this gets passed or not. Yeah. And, and if they, and I guess the argument, maybe this is the deal. Like, why does Courtright, you know, the economist and, and cares a lot about climate change, et cetera, why do, why do, like, Ron Buell, people who you're usually in common cause with on this sort of thing, who have been doing freeway fights for 40 years, uh, why do they hate this thing so much? I mean, I could ask them. It's maybe not fair to ask you, but, but you might also have a response. Like, why do they hate this? What, what's your, why do you think they hate this thing so much? I don't think they spent enough time with Violetta. I think that uh, Violetta's story is that of 2020 Portland. And in fact, I'd love to hear her talk about like why she thinks that like um, some transportation advocates of a previous generation are so grumpy about a package that includes youth pass. That is something that a lot of community advocates fought for. And, you th- you and think Joe Court? I, mean, I, I, I we'll, we'll, I'll get to Violetta. We'll, we'll, and Violetta will have first done the last word. But you, you honestly think that their critique is because youth pass is in it? No, I think that they don't understand the difficult and strenuous and collaborative process that comes about of building a package that incorporates the needs of communities of color, low-income communities, and a bunch of other groups. I think that the two of them are upset that Lynn Peterson did not just take their back of a napkin, like, $20 billion thing that they came up with, as opposed to acknowledging the, like, very difficult and laborious effort that that was undertaken by a bunch of equity groups, by a bunch of climate groups, to fight Metro step every step of the way to get a package that, you know, reflects their needs. And yeah, sometimes you don't get every single thing in there that you like, but you do come up with something that represents a good faith effort of getting towards these values. So it's not that I don't think Joe Courtright doesn't like youth pass. I think it's that like he's never worked in coalition with all of these advocates to like storm a government and demand change or threaten to veto, provide a like costly veto towards passing, you know, at, at kids in the region. Violetta, what's your, what's your biggest hope in this thing? Is it all, is youth pass the primary thing? Anything else you're really excited about this thing? Uh, 
Well, having worked on the UPath campaign for four years, it's kind of like my main focus. Yeah. But um, other than that, yeah, I'm like I'm real happy and hoping to see the um, improvements in sidewalks and um, uh, crosswalks and just safer routes to school across the region. So that's um, some stuff I'm really excited to see. And what does maybe this will be our time for just this last question? Help put in higher relief. Help communicate why you've cared so much, why you've worked so hard on Youth Pass, and why getting out of this package was so important to you. Well, I mean, for me, like, when I started high school, I was struggling with houseless, being houseless, and having my school provide Youth Pass kind of alleviated the stress. Some people can't afford to go, like, pay their bus fare to go to school every day. They're scrounging for change, and being houseless and being poor at the time like it was really tough but it, it took that stress off and uh you know and then seeing like i mentioned before i didn't know that other people didn't have this and i remember like the shelter i was staying out it was closer to the david douglas district and i remember seeing kids there that were in the same situation i was but the thing was that their school didn't provide them with a way to school and it really limited them. And I think that was like one of the things that kind of like pushed me to keep working for that long was like, it's not fair that we live in the same area or that we're just like in a different district and yet you struggle to go to school, but I don't. Well, Violetta, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thanks. Aaron Brown, thank you also for spending the time. Where can people find out more? What's your last word? Uh, go to letsgetmoving2020.com, and you can learn all about the measure 26218. Uh, voters' pamphlet statements should be in your mailbox in the next week, and let's get ready to m- vote on some transportation and climate infrastructure. Thanks, both of you. Uh, I'll try to use actual words. Thanks, both of you, for all you do, and thanks for spending this time. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having us. Be well.